Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cloud Wars Live. We are exploring the digital revolution that is sweeping the world, touching every part of our lives. And we're talking to some of the interesting people who are helping to drive some of these changes. We're delighted to have as a guest today, Steve Mullaney, who's the CEO of Aviatrix. Steve, welcome to Cloud Wars Live. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. So, Steve, you know, Aviatrix is a relatively small company now, but I get the feeling from the, the chat we've had before that uh, you don't think it's going to be small for long. Uh, no, I, uh, huge plans for, for, for Aviatrix. I was, uh, Bob, I was retired for about five years uh-huh. and uh, decided to come back in. And the only reason I came back in is this thing's going to be monstrous and, um, you know, bigger than anything I've done ever in my career. Well, you—that's a lot, Steve, because you, you've had some—you've had some pretty fun runs. Yeah, I've—I've uh, I've been lucky to work with a lot of a uh, lot of good companies. Uh, you know, I was part of the last great computing transformation of mainframe to client server. So, you know, I was at uh, Synoptics, actually as an engineer uh, working on actually Ethernet before even Ten Base T, uh-huh. and saw that great transformation from uh, mainframe to client server. And really, honestly, that's been the last thirty years of of infrastructure. And uh, the reason I came back out of retirement was we've been talking about this thing called cloud for a long, long time. And honestly, about two years ago is when enterprises where the money has been and always will be the trillions of dollars of IT spend had not gone into the cloud. And, you know, Andy Jassy even said in in, the last reInvent, 4% of enterprise workloads are in the cloud. And I saw about two years ago, as you know, enterprises move like a herd and the herd for whatever reason, two years ago, got spooked and said, now we really mean it. Uh-huh. And I went, my God, I have an opportunity to be involved in two transformations, one from mainframe to client server and now client server to cloud. And every transformation is always 10 times bigger than the one before it. And because this transformation is all software, all software defined, it's going to happen a thousand times faster than the transformation that happened in the 80s and 90s to client server. So I just looked at that and said, this is just gonna to be too much fun to, to create an iconic company um, worth literally $100 billion. You see Snowflake at $80 billion. That's the opportunity for, for category creators in this new multi-cloud infrastructure. And I just said, that's just too good to pass up. Yeah, yeah. Steve, so it's interesting how you've got Aviatrix position, right, as the cloud network platform. And you mentioned data, um, sorry, you mentioned Snowflake a second ago, and you thought there were perhaps some parallels about their positioning over on the data side and what you want to do with Aviatrix over on the networking side. Yeah. No, I, I think that's what's happening. And, and if you look, you know, um, Wall Street's pretty smart. You know, they, they pick out these leaders and they see that there's going to be new horsemen in the multi-cloud and just like what happened in client server world, it wasn't DEC, it wasn't IBM, it wasn't, you know, they call IBM Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. They weren't even in the conversation. And I see the same thing happening now with this transformation is it's never won by the the incumbents. It's always won by new entrants. And when you have a opportunity that's 10X the size of the last opportunity, and it's gonna happen a thousand times faster, the winners and losers are gonna be defined very, very quickly, where it took Cisco 12 to 15 years to become dominant in, in client server because it wasn't a fast deployment. You yeah. get to cloud now, it's all software, boom, it's cloud model, it's agile, it's I want it now, not 10 years from now. And so 
there's great rewards for the people that become that dominant layer in the stack, whether you're HashiCorp at the automation layer or Datadog or, you know, or Snowflake. And oh, by the way, the last layer of, of the stack to always get recognized and defined is networking. It happened in virtualization where I was part of with Nasira. People want to ignore the network. They start the app and they make their way down. And so Snowflake is a few years ahead of us. I mean, we're not quite at the level of Snowflake, but I think we're going to surpass Snowflake because the network is actually the most important part of the stack and people ignore it. But guess what? When things go wrong with the network, all hell breaks loose. Nothing works. And so it's forgotten about, but it's probably the most important part of the stack. And there's, there's tremendous value there. So Steve, Talk a little bit about when you go in and talk with a CEO or a CIO at one of the, the customers and they say, I've heard a little bit about you. What could you help me do? Because, you know, I've got this list of three, you know, red hot priorities going down. How can you help? Yeah. So, um, you know, I just was on the phone with um, CTO at state of Tennessee and, you know, he, he went through and he said, you know, we were getting all ready. We were, we were, we had architected what we were doing. They weren't using Aviatrix. They, were, they had a well-architected plan to move to the cloud. They, they, they had made commitments to the governor to you know, have certain services up and running. And they start the deployment phase and they ran into problems. And, um, and this was just even with just one cloud, not even multiple clouds. Of course, they're going to multiple clouds, but even within one cloud, the amount of, of complexity and limitations that you have with any of the individual cloud providers, it's only when they started actually building it, because for the most part, what all the clouds say to enterprises is we do everything and anything you'll ever need in networking and network security. And the enterprises go, oh my God, this is wonderful. Thank God. We don't need any people. We don't need to learn anything. This is just going to be clicky, 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 and everything's wonderful. And as you know, when something appears to be better than, than it really, you know, too good to be true, it usually is. And then you hear the horrific screams as they start deploying and then they realize, I was sold to build good. This is nowhere near as simple as you made it out to be. Mm-hmm. There's a limitation in the list of my arm from security, from visibility, you know, day two operation. I can operationalize this. And the clouds just basically say, look, it's a black box. Isn't that wonderful? You don't need to know. And enterprises say, no, I'm the guy that needs to know. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get fired. And so they started going through this. And then real, and then luckily, somebody had used Aviatrix in the past at a previous customer and brought us in. And we, we, we immediately like solved all their networking and network security issues and now enabling them to actually you know, deploy. Now they're looking at going beyond that first cloud and going to two or three other clouds because that's what every enterprise is going to do. Yeah. And the infrastructure team doesn't decide what clouds to use. It's the business. The business says this AI app runs best in GCP, so I'm going to run it in GCP. Um, we use Office 365 and Active Directory, so I'm going to use Azure. Uh, my developers started in AWS, so I'm going to use that. And oh, by the way, I have uh, a thousand applications that I've written over the last 20 years, and they use Exadata databases from Oracle. And guess what? Uh, Larry Ellison has made it really easy for us to move that into OCI. I'm not going to move Exadata database into AWS. I'm sorry. It's going into Oracle. So now I've got four public clouds plus the one private cloud on-prem. How do I manage all this? I can't understand all the complexities of all these different clouds. So now what happens is 
we've eliminated all that. And the conversation with the, with the state of Tennessee was as a business person, with Aviatrix, you have now enabled me to not have to worry about my architecture. Mm-hmm. The conversation that we're gonna have is not about our network and network security architecture anymore and which cloud we're on. You, you've, you've enabled me to ride above the clouds and I can now leverage any and all of them that I want with one architecture. Now my conversation are with my constituents and in in the, in the services, you know, the, 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 the people in the state that I want to enable services and how quickly can we enable those services to improve the lives of our citizens? Mm-hmm. How wonderful is that? So yeah. now there's stuff you have to do underneath that, but that's the kind of conversation that we're going we're gonna to enable. Stephen, you know, I think that touches on something that's uh, throughout this whole cloud phenomenon has been pretty prominent, right? Um, everybody you know, several years ago, you mentioned like 12, 15, the cloud, people started talking about it, but it wasn't being absorbed. You know, why was that? And these bills of goods that were being sold around. And I think there was this promise that, oh, hey, you just start getting in the cloud, right? You've said this before. I said, you're not going to need people. You're not going to need data centers. You're not going to need anything. It'll all be, you know, wonderful. And then I think the customers started to get into this and they say, oh my God, it's the same thing that we had before, but just with fancier names. And I don't have as much time to fix it as I used to. So there had to be uh, some pretty severe disappointment. And, you know, you are, it sounds like helping people come through, get past all of that and get to those business conversations or those citizen conversations like you talked about with Tennessee. That's got to be something that, that oh, you know, customers are desperate to have. Well, it's, it, it's actually even worse than it used to be. So, you know, you go back and it's, and it's you know, it's this dream of, of how uh, green grass and sunshine and uniforms are <laughs> so great. And so what happens is leaders go and say, I get it. So guess what, uh, Mr. IT staff, um, you know, COVID, you know, it's, it's kind of hitting our bottom line. I think you can do with maybe 25, 40% of the staff you used to have because I read about cloud and it's clicky, clicky, clicky. It's very simple. It's very easy. I think I could do it. I'm not even sure if we have, we have any of you. And so, cause everyone tells me this is just cloud. So we just need application developers and um, everything miraculously works. That's what AWS tells me. So I can't believe them. And so what happens is they get their staff cut and then they go and then all of a sudden all the demands go, oh, by the way, it's not just AWS. Oh, it's Azure, it's Oracle, it's, it's GCP. And probably, oh, we're in China, so we're gonna go to Alibaba too. And then throw in some IBM cloud. And before you know it, and oh, by the way, they're all different. They're like Latin-based languages, French, Italian, Spanish, they're similar, but not quite the same. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, you have less people than you used to. And you don't really know much about cloud because you did on-prem. And oh, by the way, your security posture in the cloud is worse than it was in on-prem. So that's worse. Um, You now have to speak all these different languages of the cloud providers, where before on-prem, you just had to speak on-prem. You have no visibility, you know, no, no operational tools to be able to troubleshoot. You can't hand anything off to your operations team because they don't know what you're doing. They don't, they're not experts in all these individual clouds. And on top of that, uh, oh, by the way, we want it in the DevOps model, which is like now, yeah. not what year, or like in 10 years ago, if you asked IT for something, they'd say no. You'd st- the conversation would be, hey, could we? And they go, no, <laughs> you, you haven't even let me answer yet. Like, doesn't matter. The answer is no. 
And if it wasn't no, it was what year did you run it in? What year? Those days are over. It's DevOps mentality. I need it. I want to deploy like now. And so not only is it that, but you're now at half capacity of staff. So you have skill shortage and you don't have enough people. It That's welcome to my nightmare for infrastructure people. So they look and they go, how do I solve this? And oh, by the way, the biggest area of complexity is in network and network security. Why? Security obviously getting more and more important. And, and it's not just viruses, it's network security. It's, it's segmentation, it's encryption, all these things that we do um, that you can't get anywhere. And the operational tools to be able to look at my entire infrastructure as one infrastructure. You can't get that from any individual cloud because they wanna lock you into their cloud. So that's, that's the problem we solve. So when, when people, people find us and you know, that's all going to change, you know, so why isn't Aviatrix Snowflake right now? Well, Snowflake raised a billion four. We've raised 150 million. We're not going to need to raise a billion four, but there's an awareness that will start happening with Aviatrix. The only reason people aren't using Aviatrix right now is they never heard of Aviatrix. That's going to change. Yeah. So Steve, along those lines, right, you know, as you've explained this, it, it just makes perfect sense. I don't mean to say it sounds simple, but it, it's, it's very clear, you know, what you're describing. History's there. Everybody knows what went on before. So why haven't some of the bigger players jumped in to try to do what Aviatrix is doing? Well, because in the transformation, so the incumbents, it's like, why didn't DEC or IBM or anybody, why didn't they build routers? Why didn't they get into IP network? They were, I mean, you know, I was around at that time. The lock, like when you had enterprise computing, it was mainframes. I mean, you remember when PC client server came out, it was a joke. People looked at that and go, PCs? Are you kidding me? That's for print sharing. That's not real computing. You know, Sabre, you know, that runs for the airlines, that runs on a mainframe. That's a big iron. And, and then overnight in like 1992, the whole world said IP, internet, we're going that way. And the problem is when that happens, the velocity of which that happens is so fast. And it's literally nine o'clock on a Tuesday versus Monday, nobody, nine o'clock on a Tuesday, everybody IP. The incumbents can't keep up with, they're like, it takes them 10 years just IP, what, what, uh, you know, they can't even spell IP. Same things happening here is Cisco, Juniper, Arista on the networking side, they're not even in the conversation. It's shocking. But that's what happens in transformation. They don't even know what they don't know. They're like what I like to call cloud naive versus cloud native. It's one letter, letter T. Oh, almost the same, but it's the exact opposite meeting. And that's that's what happens. They are just naive and they don't, it's not their fault. It's, it's you know, it's the a momentum of, the last 30 years and they're living in almost like that James, uh, that uh, Jim Carrey, um, what's that yeah. TV show? Uh, oh, it's a sky. They're in this own little world. Yeah. And, and, and there's a whole other world out of it and they don't see it. And so that's what happens. So that's, that's kind of why the incumbents and, and also it also happens is no enterprise wants to bring the horrible operational complex model of the Cisco 90s data center into their wonderful cloud. They get the whole DevOps mentality of I need this now because IT says, look, I got cut out of this 
15 years ago when people started swiping their credit card and created shadow IT. Because that's what happens when you're slow and old. What happens? The users will go around you. They don't want that to happen anymore. Like I've got to get with the times. I've got to be quick. Everything I do has to be cloud native. So I don't know who I'm going to use, but I know who I'm not going to use. Cisco, Arista, Juniper, and anyone else that's a legacy provider that just tries to jam their old operational model into my beautiful cloud. That ain't happening. Now, who can I use? Okay, maybe they know about us. Maybe they don't. They do some searches. They search on stuff. They find Aviatrix and go, ha, this is interesting. You know, I mean, one of it, uh, Frank Cabri, our VP of corporate marketing says, we deliver high fives. What do you mean? (laughs) When people find out about us, you know what happens? I've had multiple conversations with customers, Bob, where they get out of their cube and they go, look at this. This is what we've been looking for. And they, they high five each other. Aviatrix delivers high fives. That's what we do. And, 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 and the reason is because I can't look to the old. And then I think the other thing that happened is, you know, um, the common sentiment for the whole Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley VCs are not VCs anymore. They're old lady investors. They are. They want to do series D, series E. They, they care about growth investments now. I want to put $100 million in a company that's going to go from $5 billion market cap to 50. They have no interest in seed, early growth. They're not venture capitalists anymore. And so what happens is they all went and said, infrastructure's dead. There's no opportunity ever for anything. It's all going to go into AWS and anyone that's doing anything with AWS will crush. That was the common sentiment. So guess what happened? Nothing. No, no companies were founded. So only because Sherry Way, who's our founder, was insightful enough to see all this and say, look, I, I know I'm the only one doing this, but they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And it took a little while, right, for it all to come clear. But now in 2021, people are seeing exactly what we saw and, and the whole world's coming our way. And then you look and you go, well, where is everybody? Well, they were too dumb to see it. Nobody saw it two years ago. Because they were like, well, no, enterprises aren't going into the cloud. And two years ago and beyond, they were right. 4% workloads, even now, are in the cloud. Everyone says, I don't think enterprises are ever going to really go into the cloud. So why would you create a company? So that's why when we're at this situation, and again, when it goes like this, we're looking around and going, I'm a surfer. And I'm looking and going, the sun's out. It's 90 degrees. The water's 75. And there's a monster set coming in. <laughs> Where are all the surfers? Well, because before this set came in, it was completely mill pond, uh-huh. nothing, no waves. Uh-huh. But I knew the waves were coming, so I paddled out. That's why. Yeah, um, Steve. You know, one of the other things is you know you used that thing about how quickly things happen, and then I look at you know the customers for Aviatrix or the prospects here, and a lot of those folks now, right? They're 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 not only doing different things today, but the pace at which they've got to change, the way they've got to interact with customers, develop new stuff, you know, uh, reset their supply chains, reset how they distribute. So the pace of change for your customers has accelerated enormously. And it's not just like, well, I won't grow as fast if I don't uh, accelerate this way. They're going out of business. So it seems that there's an alignment there with this simplicity that you've talked about and being able to cover things end to end. You're not coming in saying, well, I can do some of this, but you're going to need, you know, some subcontractors and other people. And, you know, I'm going to push that complexity back over to you, the customer to handle all that. So 
it, it seems like, you know, you're in a place where this notion of uh, speed kills, right? And if you're the one behind the wheel, that's great. If you're the roadkill, it's not so good. And it sounds like you're trying to give the gift of speed to your customers. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you see it. We've been talking. I mean, look, I've been in IT for 35 years and we always talk about we need to get aligned to the business. We need to not be involved in the technology. We don't align to the business. Well, guess what? For the most part, IT, IT, like that is an imperative. And, and the business is saying, you, I'm impatient and we need to do this and we need to do this now. So no longer the 1994 model of IT. <laughs> we need the 2020, 21 model. And yeah. if you don't get there, you're out. And so they understand that. And, 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 and now, and you see that, that, that alignment and the business decides. So we have so many customers. Like now, actually, I can honestly say we've got over 500 customers. Um, every single, I've talked to probably 200 of our top customers. Every single one of them. They're, they're, like a year or two ago, there would be some that would say, you know what, Steve? We're only going to be AWS. I go, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? You're only going to be AWS right up until you're not. Go, what do you mean? I said, it's not your decision. What do you mean it's not my decision? I run the infrastructure. You're you're missing the point. You are a service. When the business says jump, you say, how hide? Yes, sir. May I have another? And that's the whole point. And then you have to have that agility. That is part. One customer told me agility is now part of the definition of mission critical. Mm -hmm. Before, mission critical was secure, reliable, you know, highly available, all the things we know of mission critical. Guess what? There's a new term that's part of it. And that's agile. That is part of mission critical. So as an enterprise, I, I needed agile, but I still need the visibility, the troubleshooting day two operations. I got to hand this to operations people and I need the security controls and the performance controls that I used to have on-prem because I wasn't doing that for my own fun and games. I'm BNY Mellon, for God's sakes. I'm like the federal government. I'm not even a bank. So guess what? It's pretty important. We were not doing that for fun and games. And this is not fun and games. Our center of gravity is now moving to the cloud. We need that level of visibility and control. How do I get that? That's what Aviatrix gives it. If you go to the clouds, you might get agility, but get none of the visibility control. If I go to Cisco, I might get visibility control because they give me that, but they give it to me in a horrible complex operational model that you have to start saying no and what year do you want things there's only one person you can go to to get both and that that is a fundamental change in infrastructure and two years ago enterprises said we are doing this and now in 2021 they're starting the deployment phase you're starting to see it hey steve have you run into any you know i was interesting what you said there about the customers and that interplay between business and it have you seen some customers that are, are, you know, businesses that are actually starting to say they're not two separate camps. They're the same thing. We've got a very progressive CIO or CTO, and that's a business person who happens to have a deep technology background. Are you starting to see that where they, they break down that wall between business and IT and fuse it? Yeah, I think that will, um, I, I, I don't think I'm, we're not seeing that completely yet. What we're seeing is, our center of gravity is now in the cloud. I need to get this thing going. And so what's going to happen though, is it's like any, any other hierarchy of needs, like you need food, clothing, shelter first. And like 
okay, that's what I'm focused on. You don't worry about where am I going to go on vacation? Like, just let's get this. So they're not there yet, but they know they need to respond to the needs of the business. What's going to happen with us is, again, this is all software-defined infrastructure. Yeah. So if you think about where Aviatrix is going, what we do right now for people is what I call lovingly wiring. Mm-hmm. And, you, and I don't mean it in a negative term. I love wiring. Cisco built a you know, $200 billion market yeah. cap company on wiring. And we're going we're gonna to do the same thing. But what's different about the cloud that people don't really fully understand yet is everything software defined, which means you drive things by APIs as opposed to CLIs and humans. So it's all software controlling software. Okay, why is that important? Well, instead of a human, which make errors and are very slow, by the way, we can start having software control the infrastructure. Why would I want to do that? Because guess what I want? Ultimately, I want to create an autonomous infrastructure for my enterprise that self-optimizes with your profile of what's important to you for the thing that you care the most about, which is what? My applications. That is my business. When I can create an infrastructure, and not just Aviatrix, because we're going to own the networking layer and the network security layer, but you integrate it in with HashiCorp, you integrate it with Datadog, you integrate it with with Snowflake, and those layers all talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Now you can create an autonomous infrastructure that optimizes the application performance, security, and cost. Holy shit! You want to talk about having a seat at the big boy table <laughs> with the CEO? Where you go and say, look, I don't want to talk about IP addresses and IP overlaps and cedar blocks and any of this technical stuff. I want to talk about how is my infrastructure team going to optimize the thing I care about as the CIO or the CEO. Guess what? You have a seat at the big boy table. Yeah. Yeah. That Steve. hasn't happened yet, but it will. Okay. Okay. Good deal. Steve, as we're wrapping up, is there anything that you want to be sure to, to talk about here to bring up? Yeah, I would say the only thing is uh, the crazy thing, Bob. AWS won the warmups. So this is the thing that people don't understand. AWS is $50 billion run rate business. We must be like in the eighth inning. Like, is this like sunsetting this? We haven't even started yet. And people do not comprehend that. The magnitude of what is going to happen over the next five to 10 years is going to be like nothing we have ever seen. Think about it. 4% of enterprise workloads are in the cloud. Trillions, multiple trillions of dollars of spend. And COVID has only accelerated people's plans to evacuate their data centers are about to, and and the game has just started. So you look at Microsoft, you look at Oracle, you look at GCP, guess what? This game ain't over, right? Yeah. The warmups were, were owned by AWS. People don't comprehend that. This thing is about to get very interesting. This is a computing model transformation. Every transformation is 10 times bigger than the one before. This one's going to happen a thousand times faster and it's going to blow people away. Yeah. Steve, that's great. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, we're in the midst of, you know, what is the greatest sustained growth market the world has ever seen. And it isn't just that the tech industry is getting bigger, but they're giving this gift of new capabilities to all those different sort of businesses now that can do stuff they never did before. So this multiplier effect that you described, I, I think you've really nailed that. I think it's right on the mark. And then of course, 
networking, of course, it's going multi-cloud. Of course, you need the, the networking and the network security. Uh, the cloud providers can't provide it. The incumbents can't provide it. A new leader is going to emerge and it's going to be monstrous and that's going to be Aviatrix. So if you're not working with Aviatrix yet for your networking in the cloud, you need to call us. All right. Well, Steve Mullaney, CEO of Aviatrix, thank you very much for spending some time here. I, I hope that, Steve, you know, you'll get a cup of coffee or something because you just don't seem to be fired up quite enough yet today. Thank you. Hey, it was great. Love your, love your podcast, Bob. Thanks, Steve. Good to see you. Folks, thanks for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. We'll see you next time.